Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. It is Sunday, which means it's time for the Front 3 Q&A podcast, as always, with me, Adam Boltwood, the one and only Lawrence McKenna. Happy Ramadan. Happy Ramadan, indeed. And of course, Dave O'Brien is here, as always. Double happy Ramadan. Ramadan Mubarak. How was your weekends, guys? I mean, Lawrence, you're up to some interesting stuff. Uh, Do you want to explain to the whole of the listeners what you're up to? Uh, Friday, I went to Southampton to commentate on the Sidemen. Wow. And their charity against the YouTube All-Stars, the YT All-Stars. They were the biggest numbers-wise YouTubers there. You know, there was all the Sidemen, there was Spencer, there was uh, some of their friends. Yeah. You know, it was a big, big game. Um, And... It was it was good fun. I was there to commentate with the True Geordie. True Geordie just reached out, Big great man. guy, and just said, um, you know, hey, I want someone funny to come and uh, commentate with me. I said, I don't think Adam's available. He said, great, you <laughs> yeah. come on. And so we got that. We got there. Obviously, met I've met most of those guys before. Um, and you know what? Uh, they they are lovely. They're lovely guys. You know, they've got like online personas, offline personas. They are very nice guys. Um, I met I met some personal heroes of mine. I love Chris MD from YouTube. I think he's a funny guy. I think he's a good guy. Um, and obviously it was nice to see Spencer and people like that again. Anyway, get into the commentary box, sit down and think, oh shit, what do we say now? Um, and then spend, I'd say the next nine hours of my life just getting absolutely slaughtered by 12 year olds. Nine hours? Uh, mate, it's not even stopped now. I'm still getting messed. So about midway through the, midway through the second half, I, uh, I was sort of, we were doing little tweets and stuff, and I just sort of said, oh, this kid's DM'd me. Next thing I know, that was the worst thing I could have said. The DM's just suddenly full of, can I have True Geordie's number? Uh, I hope you get cancer. Die. I'm going to come and kill your mom. Uh, do you think you're doing a good job? Uh, can you get me KSI's number? Uh, if you say my name, I'll give you £10. My uh, God. And then, and- Lawrence, you should have taken that off of me. That's £10 in the back pocket, buddy. He didn't Venmo me the money in time. Um, so I just, I couldn't do it. 
God but it was it. like I'm seriously bizarre. And you know what? It definitely made me uh, very grateful for the people who are, like follow us on the front three because I don't think I've ever been abused by anyone who watches the front three or listens to it. Um, whereas I feel very sorry for the sidemen now because they were just sort of like, oh yeah, that happens all the time. And I was like, really? <laughs> Sounds awful. I was uh, I was in Ireland visiting my, my girlfriend's family over the weekend. I'm sitting there on Friday, having a nice Guinness, and all of a sudden, uh, in, in my in my DMs on Twitter, I get, you are AIDS, STFU. And then I got another one saying, don't listen to the hate. <laughs> don't listen to the hate. Some people saying, you're doing an amazing job, mate. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm drinking this Guinness. I am doing a great job. <laughs> Loving life. Then you I get are, another one. Your voice wait, sounds what? like my farts. They said, and I was like, "Hang on, something's not right. Some, <laughs> something is not right here. Uh, that that can't be true." Pe- people are somehow confusing me with that's Lawrence. When, that's when you messaged me. That's <laughs> when I started going, "Hang on." You messaged me and on? said, "Have you told people to come and abuse yeah, me?" Like, and I was you like, told me "What? To give me hate that? or something?" I realised you had the game. <laughs> the Jordy, I had, an, I enjoyed it. I've got to say, I think you and Jordy added some levity to it. You know. <laughs> I don't think we're getting invited back. How was the uh, how was the game itself? Though is it seven two? Was it a bit of a goal fest? You know what? The first half was really conservative and people got really tired. But then in the second half, it just opened up. But some of those guys are like really good footballers. Like Mini Minter is actually a good footballer. He he actually chipped the goalkeeper from the halfway line I, from kickoff. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> very. Mate, it, 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 it was outrageous as a goal. Geordie couldn't talk for a good, I'd say, two or three minutes after it. Um, it some of the other people guys are really good. Well. FIFA, is it FIFA Manny? There's, there's one kid uh, who's FIFA, really fast. FIFA Manny. Yeah. And Toby J was also, Toby Jizzle was also really good. And then obviously there's um, KSI was quite funny to watch. And then there's a couple of guys who are clearly YouTubers and not footballers. Um, yes. <laughs> but, yeah. did, you, uh, uh, did you go out on the lash afterwards with the leads? I didn't. Uh, oh. I, I reserved... Uh, from that because I got a train back to London as I was working the next day uh, but I hear that the lash was had there was a lot of money um, taken out of the lash machine wow <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that means but I yeah. like it lash Ve- um, Viva Lash Viva Lash Vegas Adam Viva they have Vegas. it um, Dave how was your weekend? Just oh editing. my weekend was beautiful yeah just editing editing stuff you know there's a big video that's going to bloody explode the internet tomorrow when is it going live tomorrow Dave? right Tomorrow. I think we're going to drop it tomorrow. It's been processed, but my internet at home isn't too great. So I'm going to wait, drop it Monday morning. People are going to go mad. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and who helped with that, Dave? Well, you know, there's Lawrence McKenna, who's a great guy. Adam Boltwood, I'd like to thank him as well. You know, my inspirations of, of the world, you know, Lawrence McKenna. Again, yeah, stepped like up. It. Wow, scored a goal, a, a great goal. Give him a pitch that draws itself. All right, and <laughs> and to be honest, right, anyone else DMing you, Lawrence, mate? Send me, send me their name. So, guys, we've all had a wonderful weekend. That's been established, especially Lawrence. Um, we hope you had a wonderful weekend as well. You've been sending your questions. We're going to get to them. Don't worry about that. First, though, there's a lot of news to get through. Um, some interesting transfer news that broke over the weekend. Before that, though, we got to follow up on on the boat chat. From last Wednesday, a few people sending in their boat, uh, boat <laughs> phrases, as it were. Uh, Alan Apfel sending in hashtag I am the boat. Very, uh, very good. Uh, medium Chris Hoek sending in nothing boat a G thang. Uh, good, good, <laughs> very good. Uh, and finally, we had Santiago burn a bowl. That's a nice username. Saying my milkshake brings all the boys to the boat. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for all your boat phrases. Good I would have filming. also gone down the route of my milkshake brings all the boats to the bay, but you know, yeah. I found 
Evil. And then Squawker Boat just All messaged us just one hour ago yes. and said, "What? what's your favourite kind of boat? I mean, <laughs> I knew Squawker Boat was going to get set up. Um, and that's a tricky question he's asked, to be fair to him. What's your favourite type of boat, Dave? Um, A speedboat, I'd say. Bit of yeah. power, bit of pace. Good choice. Squawker Boat currently has two followers on Twitter, so get over there and uh, up those. Yeah, but <laughs> two followers. You know who his first follower was? Chris Hennage. <laughs> He bloody loves it. He bloody for, for the best boat awards. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go for one of the center console fishing boats. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, always got to, for me. It's always got to be a center console. I don't like off center consoles. What solid boating chat, that Lawrence. Solid boating Bread. chat. Yeah, I you're right. I know enough about boats to say what my favorite boat is. Um, I did see a ferry today, though, so I'm gonna say a ferry. Is that a boat? Yeah, type of boat. Technically, it's a boat. What um, about what about a dinghy? I mean, the, the, you know, there's always a classic dinghy, or obviously a rowboat. That is that is, you know, the old manpower never. You yeah. know, that is a good way a of powering boat. a boat. The oldest Arms. type of boat, maybe, probably. Yeah. Um, guys, let's get into the transfer news then, because some pretty exciting news broke over the weekend. Uh, depending which way you look at it, Jamie Vardy is apparently on his way to Arsenal. Now, this news. Broke on Friday, reports all over the place. The rumour mill going into overdrive. It's now been reported on Sky Sports as well as BBC saying that Arsenal are in discussions with Leicester over Vardy. Uh, Claudio Ranieri has come out and somewhat confirmed the reports. Olivier Giroud has come out and said he's heard that Arsenal are, are into Vardy and he, he hopes they can play alongside each other next season. So it does seem like this one is going to happen. The rumours, the reports are that the movie is going to be confirmed on Monday. Arsenal and Leicester are apparently keen to, to tie it up before the Euros, not have it dragging over the tournament, as I'm sure England are as well. Jamie Vardy to Arsenal then, Dave. First off, can you see why Arsenal are making a move for Vardy? Is it a good fit for the Gunners? I can see why they're going for it. You know, they, they have lacked a, a classic pacey number nine, you know, with Olivia Giroud out there, Theo Walcott so inconsistent. So it kind of does make sense. And obviously Vardy's a, a player that's scored goals wherever he's been. Um, and the 24 goals he scored in the Premier League last season was a lot of good goals in there. The thing that I question, though, is teams aren't going to come out and play, you know, a high game against Arsenal. That's just not what happens. Arsenal tend to dominate the ball and then... You know, they create chances that way through, uh, you know, their passing moves and so forth. The thing with Jamie Vardy was so red hot when he was getting in behind. And I think if Arsenal do want to use Jamie Vardy the right way, they potentially might have to change up their style of play a bit and look mm. to hit people on the counter-attack. In terms of Vardy then, uh, Lawrence, what do, you, what do you make of this move? Because some people have already been sort of criticising him for betraying Leicester almost to, to, to go to that bigger club. But... It... <laughs> I feel like you can't blame Vardy, really. Listen, he's, he's 29 in January, turned 29 in January. It's almost a final chance for a big move for him to one of the Premier League's biggest clubs. It's unlikely, say, he's going to go to, I don't know, Real Madrid or Barcelona. This is a great opportunity for him to go to one of the biggest, most successful clubs in England. Why wouldn't he almost take up that opportunity? Well, I suppose uh, down to maybe what most people consider loyalty to Leicester. Um, but, I, you know, I suppose that's also how you see it. I mean, you know, he's loyal for quite some time uh, last season in that he stayed with them. Um, I, I guess the, it, I, feel, I know what people are feeling, but at the same time, I see what you're saying. What I guess people sort of see a problem with is it's obviously not a wages thing, or at least you'd think it's not a wages thing because they've obviously offered him a new contract. So you wouldn't really go down that route of, well, is he selling out? Mm. I do genuinely think it's that he 
weirdly wants regular Champions League football maybe, but then you don't really feel that he's ever put himself in a position to be able to do that. Maybe he wants regular England football and is worried that if, uh, if you know, say Leicester went down or something, then maybe he wouldn't be able to do that. Um, and I think it was one of the few clubs he could move to because other sides in the Premier League have gone down different routes. I guess that's what's confusing for me is, I mean, it, it also kind of keeps Arsenal's English quota up, if you like. Um, but I guess that is what is confusing for me is it, it seems like there's a little bit of disjuncture between the Arsenal players of now and the perception of Jamie Vardy like that. Isn't that weird that Jamie Vardy is going to be in this Arsenal team? <laughs> it's uh, it's un- unexpected, I'd say. I wasn't expecting them to make that move. Do you think that's what, he, what they need? That They need a bit of hard work? They need a little bit of, um, you know, some industry, some uh, someone to come in and sort of say, well, this is how we won the league, lads. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, <laughs> I hate to come back to mentality, but obviously that Leicester squad had a certain mentality last season. It's definitely something that Arsenal have been lacking. It'd be interesting to see if Vardy's still as hungry that he he almost he, he's almost made it now, hasn't he? To essentially to come from where he's come from to win the league, yeah. is he still going to have that drive necessarily to to always keep yeah. striving for better at Arsenal? Well, I guess that's, that could be partly why he moves, right? Mm. Is because he's he's striving to the next level and sort of wants to challenge himself again in another environment. You'd also sort of say, obviously, they've uh, triggered his release clause, but as Arsenal already very well know. Triggering a release clause means fuck all. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I, I guess that's the issue with them as well is they may have triggered it. Does that mean it'll go through? Probably on Monday. Uh, also, though, they've obviously got Olivier Giroud, who's playing very well for France at the moment and snatching goals for them, but didn't do that very much for our, uh, Arsenal towards the end of the season or even from half of the season. Um, you know, it, it just seems like a strange move to me. What do you but mean? It, it, I hope it makes sense to them. I hope it works. I'd love to see him go further. I'll tell you, one, one thing that'd be incredible is, is like, you know, you think about the players that can play those three balls. You know, the likes of Sanchez, the likes of Mezzozil, the likes of Santi Cazorla, who all have got a very, very good eye for a pass. And if mm. there's someone that's consistently running in behind, that could be such a dangerous weapon. And again, Vardy does set the tempo. He does harry people. He doesn't give a defender a, you know, a minute's rest. He's got... I don't know, but he's got that thing that Arsenal have been lacking a bit, a bit of fight, a bit of anger, a bit of, but he won't you know, I'm going to get in your face. Week. He won't be starting every week, though, that's for sure. I, I think that could, that could be a really interesting thing, you know, potentially could be. You know, poor old Olivier Giroud, you know, getting booed by the France uh, fans, which is not great, considering he's been in pretty decent goal-scoring form for them. Um, classy move from Patrice Evra, though. Sort of yeah, pa- Patrice Evra is a, is a very, very classy guy, and it's great, you know, absolutely yeah. brilliant, that was perfect. But what I think with with Giroud as well, if you're thinking about, you know, tactically what makes sense for, for a team like Arsenal is to start a game harrying, pressing, um, you know, not giving the opposition a moment's uh, rest, you know, getting behind a lot. And then, you know, if they need to get a goal, bring on Olivier Giroud and then you've got a classic 4-4-2 there. Obviously, we've seen the emergence of the 4-4-2 this year and it could still happen. You know, imagine Sanchez and Vardy up front. That is so much pace. That is like, you know, you're not both of them harrying, both of them pressing. That is, I think that could be a really, really good combination. Arsenal just probably need to, you know, maybe get Loxley Chamberlain playing on one side, maybe get a, you know, another sort of orthodox left winger, and then they've got a pretty decent four four two there. Do you th- do you blame Vardy for for potentially wanting to move there, Dave? Because apparently Arsenal are offering him one hundred twenty grand a week. Um, apparently Leicester can't match that because they they don't want to break a certain wage structure. They've got the club. Um, there, there does seem to be a feeling as well. I'm not sure if it's uh, among the players. 
although you do hear rumours about Kante wanting to leave and PSG coming in for him. But also, generally, there seems to be a feeling that last season was as good as it gets for Leicester. And, you know, although everyone was predicting their downfall in the middle of last season, people are predicting it again. This season, they're going to struggle to retain uh, the Premier League. They're not going to finish in the top four. This may be the best it gets for Leicester. So can you see why someone like Vardy might be looking at Arsenal, as Lawrence says, and going, OK, there's a club who will challenge for the title consistently. They'll qualify for the Champions League every season. Now's the time, not just because of the wages. You know, Vardy hasn't been earning, you know, big wages for a significant amount of time like some other players. Not only the money, but also the, the allure of Arsenal and the success that they can almost guarantee is why it makes it such an attractive proposition. I think it definitely does. You know, one big thing uh, that you can kind of think from this as well is, is this Arsene Wenger's last year? He's kind of doing that Alex Ferguson buying the league's top scorer with Robin Van Persie, then going out on a high. It'd be brilliant for, you know, bar Manchester United, if Arsenal won the the Premier League next season with all all those talented managers in there, it'd just be a great sort of like final fuck you from Wenger, then he retires and it'd be brilliant. But as well... (laughs) The next, you know, the next manager that's coming in has Jamie Vardy and could change Arsenal to a counter-attacking team. Wow. They would be scary in Europe. They'd be scary at home. So I think with Vardy, it's quite a clever move. You know, potentially it has hit the peak. If Vardy goes, Mahrez goes and Kante goes. I think that's kind of what we've got to, in a way, sorry to ruin everyone's dreams, but world football is like that. We've seen Borussia Dortmund being undressed many times. Other clubs have had the same problems when they, they do over massively over overperform. But it's going to be, again, who Leicester signed to replace him. That's going to be brilliant. Exciting, again, to see what? if their scouts can pick up another another you know, another you know player of, of Vardy's quality. Scouting isn't that exciting, is it? Do you think... Uh, do you Lawrence, think Arsenal, come on, scouting is brilliant. I imagine them sitting on the edge of their seat like, we found the next wonder kid. Call home. <laughs> We've got him, guys. We've got him. We've got him. Gee whiz. Um, what about the idea that uh, maybe Arsenal called and said, can we activate Kante's release clause? And they went, no. But you can activate Vardy's. <laughs> and they went, yeah, all right then. Um, because you do sort of look at it and think, uh, oh, hold on a minute. Uh, you guys need a defensive midfielder. You need this, you need this, you need this. Yeah, well, yeah, go for Vardy. I understand Dave's point about diversity. Um, and obviously I've been looking at Hugh Izzy's tweets today about it being a proactive approach or what most people call an approach, uh, what most people <laughs> call an approach, but now they're suddenly Arsene Wenger's called proactive. It does seem, he like, almost seems out of character, doesn't it? To, to, to move this early for a player and so decisively, it does seem like a change it, in strategy. It also like, seems out of character that he's gone for Jamie Vardy. Do you not yeah. think the whole thing just seems a little bit weird? But it just feels like a change in strategy as Dave sort of says there, it is potentially his last season. His contract runs out at the end of the year. This could be him going out all guns blazing, RE, uh, Fergie by an RVP, as you say, Dave. Because mm. Wenger's never paid more than £10 million for a player over the age of 29. So for him to splash out £20 million or however much it ends up being, £28 million as, as some people are reporting, it does seem to be... That's ridiculous for Jamie Vardy. If, yeah. Mm, it's crazy, why, isn't it? That's the thing. Why so not, you have to why say, to, why is Wenger and Arsenal all of a sudden making moves like this that, that seem so uncharacteristic? Maybe, well, is Wenger's last season. We've seen uh, Xhaka coming in early as well. Uh, reports that you know they're going to try and sign Medi Benatia from Bayern Munich, finally Jesus. addressing some key areas of the squad that need have needed bolstering for a long time. Wenger's finally going to actually do it. Well, does it maybe also show the level of player that Arsenal are going for? You know, I mean, you know, they couldn't go to say in Everton and say, "Can we test your metal over Lukaku?" Or you know, uh, 
any, any other top striker. I understand Vardy's a top striker, but he's also a former striker. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not me putting him down, but I'm saying, you know, That's there it. So are you're saying other... it's almost not as, it's not as big a statement of intent as you, it may be, because, you know, we've seen Jacques assign. Uh, he was out of contract, I believe, so almost an easy uh, move to pull off. Mehdi Benatia apparently isn't wanted at Bayern Munich. They've just signed Mats Hummels. As you say, Vardy is, despite the fact Leicester won the league, he's easier to poach with his release clause than, say, Lukaku. So although it's they're... Prudent. Yeah, it's although prudent. they seem it's, big it's sort of splash clever. moves, they're, they're actually um, reasonably... Conservative, yeah, in a sense. In, in a but, way. But yeah. Yeah, and, and but I think that, that the only way that you're obviously able to judge that is uh, in the fullness of time because you know uh, Wenger may be completely um, vindicated on his decision because you know you, you look at it and think you know it looks ridiculous now to sign Vardy for twenty eight million, but if you win the league with that, remember what people were saying about Ron Van Persie, etc. Um, so you know there's there's positives in that. I think you know I I don't want to go against Arsenal. I think it's fantastic what they what they may be trying to achieve, uh, but I, yeah, let's see. It remains to see if it happens then. Um, some reports that it's going to be confirmed on Monday. Uh, some reporting that the deal's been agreed. And it's just Vardy to decide now. We're just waiting on Vardy to make a decision. Um, I'd expect it all to be wrapped up either way uh, by if, the midweek. You know what? If, if the deal was agreed, you know, you know, obviously if Leicester have agreed it um, and it was Vardy to make a decision whether he wanted to stay or go, if you're Vardy and Leicester have agreed a deal, which I, it doesn't sound very realistic to me, but say you were, are you not thinking... Oh well, go on then. You don't you don't want me? Like clearly, you want to be able to sell me. Go ahead, sell me. Well, I assume they don't have much choice if if there is an actual release clause in there. If it's the sort of clause where yes, they actually have to not yeah, but sell no, but the them. Point, but yeah, but the, yeah, but the point is that you you also have to get the player to agree. So mm. obviously, the the release clause. That, um, I think John Henry was very uh, savvy in the way they did it. He was sort of like these contracts don't mean anything. And yeah. they haven't meant anything for a while. You meet the release clause. That only means what? That means that you can literally talk to the player. And yeah. if the player doesn't want to move or you can dissuade him or you can literally say, mm, okay, no, then we know that it doesn't legally really have very much, um, they don't have much to fall back on. It's not that you can sort of take them to a, you know, it's only really Vardy that can take uh, the club to court and go, I want to leave. Surely you know, at no proves. point that's really going to happen because it's sort of it bite the hand that feeds. Surely this proves, you know, as everyone has thought for a long time, that, as you say, these contracts mean nothing. He signed a new one in February until 2019. Uh, famously, Luis Suarez did one just before he moved to Barcelona as well. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to stay at the club. It just means uh, potentially the club could secure a higher fee. Um, yeah. We'll wait and see what happens with Vardy, though. Um, another big transfer story that came out over the weekend was confession from Sky Sports, who I think we can say are a fairly fairly reliable source. They're saying that Zlatan Ibrahimovic will join Manchester United on a one-year deal. Uh, We've been talking about this for a while, Dave, obviously. Um, Very excited to see the big Swede in the Premier League, potentially. It's an interesting one in that he is 34 years old, um, and he has had a very good season in in, in the French League and and a good career in the French League, essentially. I think he's PSG's all-time top scorer now. Some people saying that league isn't as strong as the Premier League at his age. Is it really a good signing on the pitch or is this more of an off-the-pitch marketing move where they're going to sell tons of T-shirts, they're going to sell tons of sponsorship deals? Does it make sense on the pitch for Manchester United? 100% makes sense on the pitch. I think Mourinho Brilliant. will be going for a target man. Uh, that's what he's done for his whole sort of you know career as a manager. Is he, He's played quite direct with a target man. 
And if you're going to go for a target man in world football, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is probably up there with the best. Well, he probably, I'd say he is the best target man in world football right now. And, you know, with what he did last season um, with PSG, you know, great goal scoring record. What was it? 46 goals in 49 games, assists coming out of his ears. Um, I think he's a player that will have a similar impact to Henrik Larsson. Henrik Larsson had such a good impact when he joined Man United for, what, six months or whatever it was. He sort of uh, galvanised the players. And I feel that's the same thing with Ibrahimovic. You know, a, a squad that needs a little bit of galvanising for their own, their own, you know, fault in a way. Last season, you know, obviously whatever happened with LVG getting on the back of him and that. But Zlatan won't be, won't be like that. He'll be more of that personality that, you know, everyone mentions Eric Cantona in probably a similar way to how Cantona galvanised Manchester United. Zlatan will. You know, you already see him playing with the press. It was absolutely brilliant what he called a press conference last week to say he wasn't going to move to Malamo. You know, that's good. That's back to, like, Manchester United, in a way, dominating the airwaves. And with Mourinho, yeah, with Slatan. Exactly. That's kind of... No, but that's what Man United need to be again, is that people need to hate Manchester United to get their, for Man United to get their swagger back, in a way. And I feel like Zlatan is that man. You look at the impact he'll have on Anthony Martial, Marcus Rashford, maybe Memphis Depay, um, on terms of, you know, goal-scoring and different things about their game. It's, it would be a great sort of bonus. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of Zlatan can do for those players, but it is that swagger and it's that sort of captain and leader that Manchester United have lacked a little bit um, since the days of, you know, Rio Ferdinand, Patrice Evra, and Manu Vidic. These are, are real captains in a way. And I think Zlatan can fit in there. And it'll be, I think maybe Rooney in a way could be a bit more freer with not having all that responsibility on his back. There's another guy in there that is the absolute shizzle that can do these things. And Rooney might be a bit freer. We might see a better Wayne Rooney in a way. But it is a great signing for Manchester United if it's completed, 100%. We'll see if that one's confirmed this week as well. Um, in terms of confirmed transfer news, news that's actually happened, um, not long after we recorded on Wednesday, it was confirmed that Manchester City have signed Ilkay Gundogan from Borussia Dortmund. Uh, £21 million is the reported fee. Still got that knee injury uh, out of a dislocated kneecap he could be out for another another five months but I think as we said on Wednesday it's a, it's a good move for Manchester City um, the other bit of confirmed transfer news Mark Bartra has gone to Borussia Dortmund for that's 8 weird... million euros that's a good now, one but a weird one Puyol in the picture with him as his agent obviously having picked him up oh, earlier in the season it does seem like a little bit of a weird one because Mark Bartra is a, a player we've heard about for many years now, highly talented youngster. Didn't really get many chances at, at Barcelona. Um, yeah. And interestingly, Mascherano reported to be leaving as well. Um, you know, I, I don't know where Thomas Vermaelen is, which essentially leaves <laughs> Gerard, Gerard Piquet and uh, uh, Jeremy Mattia as, as the only centre-backs. And with Bartra being that, that promising youngster, somebody who's come through the ranks, it does seem a weird one to, to sell into Dortmund. I mean, it makes sense for Dortmund, of course, getting a young replacement for, for Mats Hummels almost. But I'm not quite sure why Barcelona have let him leave. I mean, who are they going to sign as a replacement? They don't rate him. But then, I mean, you know, they haven't rated quite a few players, let them leave, and they've gone on to other things. I think that shows the quality of the system that they want, that they know they can let players that maybe other people perceive as quality mm. go because they don't need to have those players in the squad. And in many ways, it's about letting them go to fulfil their potential. It would be interesting to see if um, one big bit of transfer news that came out last week was that Real Madrid have made uh, a €50 million Euro offer uh, for David Alaba, uh, the Bayern Munich uh, and Austria defender. Obviously very versatile. Uh, you know that, that quality makes him so attractive. I can see 
Barcelona going in from as well. You know, they need that at the back. They need someone. Dani Alves leaving as well. Uh, Mascherano, big players leaving. David Alaba, obviously one of the best young players, full stop in Europe. If Real Madrid are going from 50 million, you could see Barcelona going in as well. Sure, yeah, I think it'd be big, wouldn't it? Absolutely massive. But the player of um, Alaba's quality would be good for any side, right? You know, in any way, he's that good. I think, you know, back, say, left back, midfield, he can sort of play anywhere, can't he? I'd say Pogba may be the only player that's better in his age group. <sighs> but that is that's a, that is very, very close in terms of, you know, if uh, Alaba gets put, pushed out to the left-hand side and he plays left-back, then he's probably on par with Pogba playing central midfield. But... He's just a talented player, you know, a good move, good move for Real Madrid if they get him, but I doubt they will. You know, why would Bayern Munich want to sell their yeah. most prized asset? It doesn't make, you know, the, if they have made an, uh, made an offer or whatever, Bayern Munich are just going to say absolutely, you know. Well, yeah, this no, is what no, the, you're, uh, the Spanish newspapers are saying, that they did offer 50 billion, Bayern Munich just turned it down straight away. You know, he, he hmm. signed a contract extension last year. Um, until Hello, 2021, no, it doesn't necessarily yes. mean anything. But um, Yes, we'd like to make an offer for David Alaba. Hello? Hello. <laughs> if they go, we'll see. If this, I reckon this one's going to rumble until at least August after the after the Euros. If they get towards eighty million euros, which I'm sure is not out of the question for Real Madrid or even Barcelona, really, um, I'm sure we could see him move because that sort of offer, as, as good as David Alaba is, eighty million euros would be. But why? Why would they? Why would they take that? Like they don't. That means they have to use that eighty million to buy a new, eighty million euros to buy a new left back as good as. It doesn't for me. It doesn't make any. I'd, I'd turn that down. I feel when you get to that le- level of European football where you're a superpower, as I, you know, Alaba, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, yeah. Real Madrid, yeah. you don't sell to each other. Full stop. You just don't do it. You know, you don't let your best. You don't let your best assets go, no matter what the yeah. money is. Yeah, especially when you know these are the clubs competing with each other essentially every year in the semi-finals. Exactly. of the Champions League. Even if it was for eighty million to give someone a, a, an advantage like that and a player, mm. the quality of David Alaba would be uh, surprising. But, um, I think I think we'll see more movement of people uh, in the next few years. I think it's a, a cultural thing, and I think you know there, there are certain players who want to stay in places. There are certain players who want to move on, and I do think you know there's now there's shorter cycles in football now, mm. um, and it's somewhat of a trend at the moment for people to leave. So you know, I mean, we see the same in basketball, but for different reasons because it's almost necessi- necessitated in basketball, and you almost hope that it will mean that the rotation amongst the top clubs or, or also means that some of the smaller clubs can get in. Um, you know, maybe the money that comes from Vardy can go towards someone else. Let's get into the questions. There's some great questions being sent in on Twitter and Reddit as well. First up, Varon Joshi, the main man, writes in, how far can Brazil go in the Copa America? Even World Cup qualifying isn't going smooth. Are off-field issues affecting the country? Um, now, they didn't do too well in their opening Copa America game? I mean, I've, I've seen some highlights. Um, they were, they, you know, they played some nice football and obviously you would expect them to do so, looking at the squad, looking at the players. Um, they moved the ball forward very well, but there's no end product. But, I mean, of, of course there is, there, you know, there is some sort of thought around what Dunga's trying to achieve there. I think Dunga's somewhat trapped in a difficult situation because he finds himself uh, a symbol and a figurehead of a certain kind of pragmatic, uh, aggressive, angry mm. football, but also the Brazilian people wanting something different, the Brazilian FA wanting something different, but also wanting results. Um, and, you know, we're seeing him trying to now merge both of those things. And I think that that's catching them somewhat in a halfway house. 
because the, the players almost look a little bit confused as to we, we you know they don't quite have the brazilian identity or the identity that maybe anyone can uh, decipher nico writes in saying look at the xg vardy will suffer from a significant downer obviously referring to you saying to are you saying look at the expected goals yeah i had to ask him what xg meant um, oh, mate. He, Adam. Said, he sort Adam. of, uh, he sort of mugged me on, off and said, on, expected goals. I'm sorry, David's XG. always talking about expected goals. Yeah, but he doesn't say they, XG. They, they said the system works, Adam. Can you not just? What about, was it a small X, big G? No, so big, big X and big G. I was xylophone girl. So confused. Oh. It could be. Jeez. Um, he says thoughts though, Dave. Um, is that true? But if is... you think about, it, he takes this move to Arsenal, right? He's going to be getting more chances. Maybe. No, with, I don't know. with Leicester City, right? They're playing on the counter attack. He's living off scraps in a way. So, you know, he's not having uh, as many shots as he would have playing for Arsenal. Um, his chance conversion, what, around 26%? You could see that probably continue at Arsenal in a way, to be quite honest. Because I feel like with a player like Jamie Vardy, right now he's in his peak. And, you know, the thing with uh, expected goals or whatever, the peak's going to last. We don't know. You know, Vardy could be scoring banging goals in for the next two seasons. Expected goals would be a good predictor if he stayed at Leicester City. But because he's moving to Arsenal, I feel like that takes out what was, uh, you know, the conclusions that were made by expected goals. Yes, Leicester City's expected goals 100% are going to go down next season because they were so, you know, they were so on form. They were absolutely flying. Um, So, you know, it's one of those things where I, I feel that Leicester City will do worse than they did this season, but Jamie Vardy at Arsenal is a new proposition. HJD Cornish writes in um, saying, which players from relegated teams could BPL teams benefit from by signing them next season? Um, Not Sebastian Bessong. Stay clear of Bassong. He's suffered six relegations in his career, so do not buy Sebastian Bassong. That's all I'll say. Um, what do you reckon, uh, Lawrence? Because obviously you've got Andros Townsend for Newcastle. You've got John Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum. Yeah, got Shelby. Wijnaldum. There's a lot of good players for Newcastle. Uh, Mitrovic. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, uh, Obertan. Sissoko. Um, Sissoko. I mean, there's a big there's a big set of names there. I wouldn't say there's that many uh, Norwich players. But... Nathan Redman, maybe. He's only, uh, I think he's 21, mm. 22. White, Liverpool, uh, Liverpool are apparently looking at um, Jordan Amavi. Oh, he'd be a he'd be a cracking signing for Liverpool. He was brilliant. I thought the first half of the season, yeah. Aston Villa were rubbish, but he was a he he was really good. But um, you know, where would he fit into that team, Dave? Who would he take out of that side? Well, you have taken out uh, Moreno, aren't you? At the end of the day, and I think what Jordan Amavi did when he played was he was very good at getting up and down. He was winning a lot of tackles in good areas. He was. At one point, I think he'd completed more uh, take-ons than any of the Premier League players, so he was actually going at people. And, and I that's think what with... I'm saying, but I, I, I agree. But I also think, I feel like Liverpool need to sign two decent players in that position. And then they, you know, I, I feel like someone would be starting ahead of him. Let's put it that way. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, Ahmed Youssef writes in. This is an Good interesting guy. question. Great guy. Is there a footballing equivalent of Muhammad Ali, past or present, keeping in mind everything he represented. Hashtag I am the whole. Obviously, Muhammad Ali passed away this weekend, age 74. Uh, one of the, the, the most incredible sportsmen of all time, it has to be said. And it's humans I, of the 20th century. Yeah. And it's difficult to think of someone who has had that impact from the world of football. Obviously, Pele is probably the biggest... Uh, a figure in the history of football and, and is to this day, but he didn't have the same or anywhere near the same social, social. impact. Really. Yeah, so it's hard mm. to say Pele is. Um... You could say Socrates. I mean, Socrates apparently. I mean, as much as he sort of lived unhealthily, um, Socrates apparently uh, before uh, there, there was so I don't know the full details of the story, but basically he was rumored to be moving to another club for a big fee. And there was a massive election on at the time, which no one was engaging with. And he said, I will not move if you guys go and vote. And, the, you know, then the voter turnout went from, you know, below 20s to something ridiculously high. And he stayed. There you go. There you bloody go. Um, yeah, I'm really struggling to think of anyone. I mean, I mean, Mar- Maradona had a big influence, but he's nothing like the social influence. Um, could yeah, you he's, say- not, he's not the same. He, well. He's not revered in the same way as Ali in terms of his personality. Obviously, Diego Maradona's had his he's had his problems, and he's uh, he's made a few mistakes. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, but there are big play. I mean, there are big iconic players out there. Johan Cruyff um, was obviously very revered, and I think you know, in his death earlier this year, we saw just how much he meant to not just the people of Holland but around Europe. But I mean, Ali but, Ali's well, impact was. It's difficult because Ali's impact was. Well, it was on worldwide. a political movement, wasn't yeah. it? it? It was, also, it was around it was also the world as well, you know. Yeah, and it was, not, it was on sort of a liberation. And there aren't many football players that sort of leap to mind who are sort of part of a liberation. Although I would imagine there are a lot of very brave players out there who, you know, will have played through uh, racism, will have played through all those. I mean, John, yeah. you know, John Barnes sort of leaps to mind if you want to talk about players playing in the face of overt racism, you know, having, uh, you know, bananas thrown on the pitch, those sorts of things. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, you really got to think like who, like There's obviously some sportsmen who have, have dealt with incredible social issues and, and, and injustices, and they've they've moved to try and change those issues. I don't think there's any footballers who have had to deal with what Ali did and had the impact he did. And that's probably what makes him so uh, so revered, Muhammad Ali. Not not so publicly. I mean, I imagine that a lot of people have been through their own issues. Yeah, of course. Then I don't think anyone sort of had the public eye on them. But that's also because they're part of a team. It's not the same individual sport, is it? Exactly. It's sort of, uh, you know, Ali was literally his own man. He boxed and then said the rest. Maybe if a player had done what Ali did, people would sort of see him as a different figure. Yeah, larger than life uh, personality. I mean, I've got. I've got I, do have, I do have to admit. Uh, I mean, Bill Shankly was a fairly inspirational socialist figure, but again, not on the level of Ali. But definitely, you know, started. He was the the, the sole beginning of an institution out there. Um, you know, so there's, there's some there's parallels, but you know, again, not the same white guy. But you know, 
you know, he, he fought sort of social injustice in a different way, if you like. Louie Morad says, which major signing do you expect and or want your club will complete next? Um, Dave, outside. Oh, God, is that still going on, is it? Is he, uh, is he on his way back from China now? Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, apart from Zlatan, um, who do you want Manchester United to sign next? Who's this defender that they've been linked with over the weekend? Eric Bailey is um, a decent defender, physical, very, very quick, got all those sort of raw attributes that you got for Mourinho to turning him to a star. Uh, but, I don't, yeah, it's just a bit of a weird one. That it, it seems like we're going to get, you know, Chris Smalling needs somebody calm next to him. Eric Bailey kind of jumps out as someone that isn't calm, isn't like a little <laughs> bit chilled out on the ball, isn't relaxed, he's very like to the ball, I'm going to win this, I'm aggressive. So I don't know whether it works, whether Mourinho's looking at Smalling and saying, well, you know, maybe you're not going to be my first choice. I'm going to sign two centre-backs with Eric Bailey coming in and then, you know, a sweeper. That's what I want to see. I want to see someone that comes in that sweeps, someone like Laporte, someone like Varane, someone that can not be so aggressive and be, like, calm on the ball. Samuel Titi would be absolutely great. Obviously, been linked with Barcelona this week. So, it, it, it makes sense, the signing. A young centre-back that's been praised by, uh, you know, everyone in La Liga. Again, it fits in because Villarreal play that certain way where they defend, they press and then they defend deep. You know, something that Mourinho will do exactly the same. So, it, it makes sense for a signing. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see a centre-back in or maybe William Carvalho in central midfield. It'd be brilliant. What about Liverpool, Lawrence? Anyone you want to see them sign first this summer? Uh, I'd like to see Liverpool sign a midfielder, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not a massive one for sort of looking at targets like that. I sort of trust Klopp to get who he wants. Uh, they've got a they've got a player returning, Lazar Markovic. I'm interested to see how he does under Klopp, considering how sort of players from that region have done under Klopp in the past. Um, but to be honest, I, I I'm not quite sure where Klopp wants to go this summer. So. I'd be more interested to see what he wants and go from there. Um, you know, in the past, I think a lot of people have been quite prescriptive about his football um, and sort of said, you know, this play won't work, that play won't work. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see how adaptive he is. Let's see. What about you as Spurs? Um, I think we need that, that new striker. We need uh, a midfielder as well because we, we definitely suffered whenever we didn't have Dembele last season. I quite like Victor Wanyama, even though he's uh, he gets a few red cards that he... He sends out a few hilarious tweets. He's, uh, I think he's a, he's a good <laughs> midfielder. That's what you want? Yeah, that's that's the main thing I want him there for. Um, but he's also a good do you midfielder. Think that's going to be a job. More do, you, do you want do you want something that's going to make headlines for your job so you can talk a bit more about? <laughs> he's. Uh, he, I think Victor Wanyama was a good player, and I think it would be good for him to come to Spurs. I think he'd, he'd fulfil a role that we definitely need uh, to have filled there. Also, Lacazette. I would like to see Lacazette at Spurs. See if he can cut it in the Premier League. Brilen Bolo is the, is the young. Uh, Basel strikers where we're always linked with um, so it'd be interesting if we brought some young talent through I'd be excited to see that so yeah one of those will do me don't you think it's pretty incredible how the perception of the club uh, Everton has changed just in changing managers and looking at getting Koeman telling him what he can do we'll come on to Koeman we'll come on to Koeman there's a question coming up Um, John Routledge said is Lawrence okay after Friday I'm trying my best (laughs) Uh, Gary Gold said, which signing will be better, Vardy for 20-odd million or Ibrahimovic for free? Um, Ibrahimovic for free, although free, free. free with massive wages. But Yeah. yeah. Um, tempting to say Ibrahimovic because of the fee, but you do point out the, the, the counter-argument there. Uh, what do you reckon, Dave? Yeah, I think he'd probably be better. Um, obviously, it would probably be around £13 million, million pound, apparently, something like that for a season. But, you know, a player of his quality, mentioned before, yeah, just galvanised that side. 
Kenny J. Rabolo says, with Zidane having led Real Madrid to that undecima, can you see this being the start of an era of dominance for Los Blancos? I'm going to say no, because uh, last time they won the Champions League, they sacked Carlo Ancelotti a season later um, for failing to win anything. So I, I, as long as Florentino Perez is there, I think you'll still have the same instability. So I can't you see, see Florentino it. Perez uh, on that vine where he's telling the um, uh, Barcelona fan, you've won it five times, we've won it 11. Uh, no. <laughs> Absolutely outrageous. There's a Barcelona fan giving him shit or something at the final, and he just turns around and Does he goes hold up eleven five. fingers. Oh. Yeah, he goes five, yes. and then he puts up ten, and then one. And I was just like, "Oh man, you're you're going." <laughs> Florentino knows how to make people hate him. John Shin, uh, the main oh. man, writes in. He Hello, said, "What's John. good, fellas? Everything's good, John." He said, "Any guesses on next season's top three goal scorers?" In the Premier League, uh, obviously this season Sergio. We had Kane, Sergio, and Vardy. Yeah, Hurricane Tem- Harry. Tempted go, to say no, a repeat, I'm, almost. No, I'm no. to go. I'm tempted to go Aguero, Kane, Ibra. Mm, I agree with that. That is Ibra. No way. Ibra. Yeah. yeah, I can't see him scoring what. 20. I, I don't think he'll score. You're mad. I don't think he'll score over twenty. Are you crazy? I'll put that Dave, in there. Do you not think, Dave? Do you not think that's the issue? Is Favorite this he, tweet. He, it's not a tweet. He's not going to score over twenty. Oh, over. 20. Do you want to? Do you want a little, uh, a little bet on that, Mister Boltwood? Uh, I bet you twenty pounds. <gasps> I bet he won't score over twenty goals. If he does, I'll give you twenty pound, Dave. Is this if in Premier does, League or is this in all competitions? No, Premier this League. This is in Premier League. But wait, <sighs> uh, but Adam, are you, what if he scores twenty? Then I win because I'm saying over 20 goals. He's not going to score. No, over you goals. can't take 20 as well. That's cheating. I'm taking 20. All right. No, I'll let you have bro. 20 then. No. Even though I said over yeah, okay. 20 and technically 20, I'll take 20. is not over 20. You can have 20. Okay, right. I'm a what about if he scores 20 goals? Let's just say that the bet is dead. Yes. If he scores. Okay. Smart. Okay. Done. Virtual handshake. Deal. Uh, I can't even see each other, but we're shaking the hands. Um, cool. Okay. There you have it. Uh, I'm going to go Kane, Aguero, and. Ings. Is there any oh. new strikers coming in? Um, I'd just say Vardy. Repeat the top three. Why not? Mm. If he goes to Arsenal. Um, I can see it. Uh, ben says, Ben Moore writes in to say, Pjanic to United. Um, reports over the weekend that the, the Roma sporting director, I believe, has come out and said, if the release clause is met, they're powerless to stop him leaving. Release clause is around 35, 38 million euros, I'm told. Um, what do you reckon, Dave? Pjanic. So, so good. Um, the player that's really blossomed at Roma in the last few seasons. Um, again, he's mentioned that if his release clause is triggered, he doesn't want to go to Juventus for the um, uh, the Roma fans, which is, is very nice. What he, what he would bring, firstly, without even talking about his um, play as a playmaker in central midfield, is he'd actually give Manchester United a, a ridiculous weapon from set pieces. Uh, in the last three seasons, only uh, Karl Oglu scored more free kicks than Pjanic and gets assists from these areas. He, he was um, his his mentor was uh, what's he called? Janino Penembucano that used to oh, play yes. for Lyon, um, who used to be able to hit a free kick very well. And if you look at Pjanic's technique, it's, in a way, from wide areas, it's quite similar. So that would what Pjanic instantly would give United something because they've been awful from set pieces. You know, I think only two clubs scored fewer goals there. Uh, chance conversion from uh, corners was less than a percent. So instantly, there's an upgrade there from set pieces. Twelve assists in um, in Syria this season. 
the most of any, or the joint most of any player, Paul Pogba, also on that, created a hat full of chances. So Pjanic for Manchester United would be absolutely perfect. Love it. Next question is from <laughs> no reaction, Sanchez. Well, I thought, you know, he, he's, what, what more can I say? He summed it up perfectly. Sanchez assist said, is Sal Niguez overrated because of his goal against Bayern Munich? Nobody talked about him before. Uh, what I'd say to that is, <clears throat> oh, I God, spoke to Robbie game. from SB Nation, Atletico Madrid editor for that website. And he was very up on Sal Niguez. He was talking about how he's made such an impact this season. He's changed the way the, the side plays. So I think maybe for people across Europe, that may have been the introduction to him in that semi-final, that incredible goal. But just because, you know, across Europe we're hearing about that, it doesn't mean that, you know, in Spain they haven't recognised the contribution he's made. Mm, I think I'd say he is a little bit overrated now because of that goal. Right. I feel that people right. put him in the same <laughs> pedestal as players like Koke. Koke is the next oh, level. No. Sol, you know, Koke's been doing it for years. Further. Say again, sorry? Koke's been doing it for years. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like Koke, again, now Lawrence would be pretty mad for me saying this, but now Koke is underrated and Sol is overrated. Oh, what do you think of that, Lawrence? There. He's bloody gone there. He's great, Dave. Um, <laughs> here's a really good question. On... <laughs> On Athletic Madrid from Jude F, who says, what would be the ideal move for Diego Simeone if he left Athletic Madrid? Um, some suggestions after the final that he might move on. Where would be yeah. the ideal... You reckon? Mm. I have heard Ser- he's more likely to go to Serie A than the Premier League. So- well, he, he, he did say he'd, um, he wanted to play in uh, leagues and for clubs that he'd already played for. He wanted to manage those teams. So, you know, maybe if he does those first and then I'm wondering, does he go back to South America? Does he become an international manager? I'll tell you what, lads. Inter Milan right now, right? They've just been bought by the Sunin Consortium, a massive Chinese consortium. <sighs> he said that he's wanted to manage his ex-clubs, like you're saying, Lawrence. Simeone back at Inter Milan as their manager. That would Jeez. be crazy. That, that would be awesome. good. That would be mental, as they say in Italy. My God. <laughs> loco, loco. <laughs> I'll be loco. That's Spanish. But Here's fair. a good question from uh, <laughs> Sorry, Gabriel Wootz. Nice question. Thoughts on Alves and Berardi to Juventus? Um, Danny Alves coming out and confirming he is uh, on his way to Juventus. Deal's not done, he says. Uh, said it's too easy at Barcelona, is why he's off. Um, really? If it, yeah, <laughs> well, that's what he said. He's so like, it's too to easy, mate. I'm off to Juventus. He wants to go to a club where it's not easy. Uh, oh, yeah, Juve. Juve. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But if he does go, it'd be another free transfer for Juve. Obviously, the side who signed uh, Perlo on a free, uh, Lorente, Evra, Kadira, Pogba, adding to the ranks of those of those brilliant free transfers. Um, what do you reckon, Dave? Berardi and Alves. Alves, can he still do a job, essentially? Uh, Alves can definitely do a job, especially in Serie A, where you've, you've seen the, the, you know, the lack of pace of the league. Uh, fits would fit the Juve system perfectly. We saw Patrice Evra come in and just be awesome, pretty much. And uh, you know what you'd say that Dani Alves would do would upgrade that right wing, right, right wing back slot. Obviously, Licksteiner is a very, very good player. Very, I love how he winds people up. It's brilliant. I'd love Licksteiner just because he's so good at getting in people's heads. But Dani Alves would add something in that final third that someone like uh, Licksteiner doesn't really have, and that's real quality. So I feel that with the system, with the wing-backs, it'd be absolutely perfect. I really didn't think this was going to happen. I really thought that Alves would stay at Barcelona. But yeah, this for me, it's, it's a crazy, crazy move. Like It's come out of absolutely nowhere. Surprising, The player yeah. you mentioned, Dominic Barabi, what a talent he is. You know, goals and assists. As At his age group, he's up there with the best. 
um, there was a stat last season, I think, where he'd scored, I think he was directly involved in something like 49 goals, and that was like 20 more than any of the player in his age group, under 21 that was. And I feel like with him as well is that he is like a playmaker and it, give, it would give Juve a little bit more flexibility. Like he could play maybe wide right, maybe wide left, um, but also play comfortably as a second striker, as a main striker. So he, in a way, he's a better signing than what Dani Alves is because it's that next generation of Italians. It's the next generation of Juventus. If they lose Morata and, and Barabi comes in, they're laughing, absolutely laughing. You know, he's been absolutely... Um, he's been pivotal in Sassuolo's, uh, you know, good performances in the last few seasons. Obviously, qualifying for the Europa League this year, so he's a top top signing. Like Regani, like Paul Pogba, like Kingsley Coman. It's like on that bracket. Mm. To um, to give you Danny Alves' full quote about leaving as well, he said, "In life, we should explore options outside our comfort zone. Barcelona is an amazing club, but things were becoming too easy." Um, he might not necessarily be talking about you know on the pitch. He might just mean in terms of you know how long has he been there for? Nine years? Is it eight years? Mm. Well, well, he's not, not the most successful Brazilian ever in European football. That's yeah, like so, you know, everyone needs new challenges in life. Um, so, good luck to him, I say. Uh, you should ne- become a goal for or something. Yeah, go yeah, for something that's a challenge, bloody hell. Yeah. Uh, that's a real challenge. Next question uh, is from at James Holleran 3 Southampton fan, what's Emery like as a manager and could he come here? I, 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 don't, I don't see why he would go to Southampton. Oh, why not? Why? What do you mean? Why not? What's wrong with Southampton, Lawrence? There's nothing wrong with Southampton, but I'm just sort of thinking it's somewhat of a counterintuitive move. I, you know, that, I guess that's the problem. Well, is that... maybe he's achieved all he can at Sevilla, three Europa Leagues in a row, an incredible achievement. They yeah, can't but, compete yeah, in the I'm, league. Yeah, but what I'm saying, yeah, okay, come to Southampton, so try himself in a different league, the Premier League, the most competitive league in the world, apparently. You know, I see, I see an appeal to it. I understand what okay, you're saying. Okay, so, it's so I, I see. I, Unai, Unai Emery has been very good at uh, finding a key player within the side and then building a side around that player. Mm. I uh, I can see the way that he'd be able to do that in the Premier League. I don't necessarily see the individual within the Southampton squad to be able to do that, but I see that he's been able to mm. be very adaptable James over the last few years. Ford. As Sevilla <laughs> have tried to uh, have tried to basically keep their head above water whilst also selling off a number of players. And he's done very well to rotate the squad. I mean, you know, we, we saw that in, with the Sevilla side, etc. He probably could take Sevilla up to the next level, essentially, which is to be consistently within Europa League um, and definitely knocking on the door of Champions League. But that's the problem, is that within this league, he doesn't only have Barcelona and Real Madrid to compete with. He has um, Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United and a number of other sides who are looking even stronger. I think it would be fascinating to see what he does, but I also think at this point, why would he want to go across to a club like Southampton? It would only really be to, to kind of cut his teeth, test his metal, if you like. Um, and I sort of wonder if he's if he's going to go maybe one more season at Sevilla. Varun Kushal on the Reddit, on the front free Reddit. Go and check it out, guys. Get over there. He asked a similar question. Uh, would Unai Emery have more success if he moved to a different club or started managing a national team? It seems he's a great tournament coach but lacks it in the league. Do you reckon that's a little yeah, bit... He doesn't lack it in the league. Yeah. Well, I mean, There's a little bit of harsh does, assessment, I'd say, potentially. Yeah, I mean, it's not the... Yeah, I mean, they didn't... You know, they weren't sparkling in the league last season, especially when you're looking at away form. But, I mean, you definitely say that he's he's got a specialism... Um, I just wonder if that's what Southampton need. That's what I'm saying is, did the two match up? I, I wonder if maybe it's the best thing for him and the best thing for Southampton. Mm, on a related note, of course, 
Um, Dave Gilmore writes in, thoughts on Komen becoming Everton manager. Now, he's apparently in talks with the club, Dave. Um, some people seeing this as a bit of a, a sidestep almost, and they can't understand why Ronald Koeman would go to Goodison Park. I mean, can you see the, the logic in why he's attracted to it? Or chest? I think it's in a way with the new manager coming in, the new money coming in. But again, he's, he's got a good thing going at Southampton. It's, he's seen in the past, especially him, going to Benfica, going to Valencia, that it doesn't always work out. And the grass isn't always as, isn't always as green on the other side. So potentially, it could be a very, very silly move for him. Do you see... Maybe he feels like he's taken Southampton as far as they can go. Obviously, uh, the summer before last, he lost a lot of key players. Um, they were obviously uh, sold to the likes of Liverpool and elsewhere. So he feels like it's not a club on an upward tra- trajectory necessarily, despite his, his fantastic achievement in, in qualifying for Europe this season. He may see Everton with that new money coming in, those new owners, a club with a little bit more scope to achieve more, even though perhaps at the moment it seems like a sideways move. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think it uh, it's sideways in a sense, but it's also a, a club who are massively aspiring. They're looking to build themselves a new stadium. Um, and they massively underachieved last season as well, you know, to, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah uh, essentially, yeah. There's no lower he can go. Um, <laughs> I, I don't sort of feel unsafe saying that because if I have jinxed them, fine. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Everton. Um, it, it's also that they, they're building one of these super stadios allegedly, whatever that would look like in Liverpool. Um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a good, it's an interesting move in that they're certainly, um, put it this way, they're a traditional side in very much in the same way that you'd imagine Southampton are. They're a side who are very visible within Europe because of their history out there. Um, there's somewhat of a, a, a very different feeling around, you know, you really will feel either valued or hated as a manager within the city. And, you know, Liverpool's a very intense city to go and manage in. I imagine it feels like a massive challenge for him. It would have been very tempting. And at the same time, he probably believes that he can take some of those really key players and what he's seen as underachievers within that team and take them to be, you know, real achievers. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what he does, especially if Lukaku stays and, you know, a couple of those other pieces stick around as well and raise their game for a new manager. The final question this week, my favourite question, uh, again coming in on the Reddit, Front Free Reddit, get over there, guys, get your questions in uh, and sort of get involved in the, in the community. We're trying to build there. East U1994, Ethan writes in, said, Hey guys, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland in the US, and I just started watching football three years ago. One of the Ooh. big narratives that I'd never have understood regarding managers is that Pep Guardiola is the best manager currently in world football. This has never made sense to me that this could be asserted because he's never faced any real adversity as a manager. He's been the manager of Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and now manages Manchester City. Of all these clubs, they've got so much money and already have many world-class talents in their respective first teams. He's won trophy with his clubs, and rightfully so. He's had the likes of Messi, Iniesta, Piquet, Muller, Lewandowski, and Boateng on his side. So the question for me is... Why is Guardiola so widely regarded as arguably the best manager in world football when he hasn't had to lift up a club like Jurgen Klopp, for example? The thing I would say about this is when he came in at Barcelona, they'd won, I believe, one league title in the previous 10 years or so. When he came in, they obviously had Ronaldinho, Deco, those sort of players. He moved them on, made, I'd argue, a decision that many people would say was controversial. He decided to build a team around the likes of Messi, Xavi and Iniesta. It's not just that he inherited them at the peak of their powers and it was incredibly easy for him. He made that decision, essentially. They then won three league titles in a row, uh, two Champions Leagues in that time as well. 
So I think, although yes, Barcelona had an incredible youth academy that produced these players and brought them through into the first team, I don't think it's just a question of, you know, it just happened almost despite Guardiola. He had to, to put the pieces in place. He obviously instilled a, a much more rigorous work ethic at the club as well. A Bayern, I don't accept that it's not a challenge either. Um, obviously, didn't win the Champions League as many people were expecting him to do. He didn't know he was coming into a team that was going to win the treble at that point, obviously, by the time he'd agreed to join. But again, people saying he's going to Manchester City is not a challenge. If you're Pep Guardiola, why, why would you not go to Manchester City? Why would you go, you know what, I'm going to go to Manchester United instead? Well, it's maybe also a specialism is that, you know, there are different kinds of mechanics in the world. There are kinds of mechanics that can fix uh, Ford Mondeo, they can... Uh, you know, respray doors, all those kind of things. And then there are the kind of mechanics who specialize in certain elements of things. And we don't sort of go, God, why can't you fix a, why, why can't you fix a Ford? You know, there are elements that they probably yeah. could, but at the same time, nobody sort of criticizes them for wanting to fix a Lamborghini. Exactly. You know? And Manchester City is one of the most well-funded and well-run clubs in the world, has to be said. So what, I don't, what are people expecting them to do to say, you know what, I'm going to go to Swansea? Or something. Well, I, I guess the point is that when he's won it all at the top, and he probably does want to win it all at the top, then why don't you then move down? Because he's never he's never managed in the Premier League before. I think that is yeah, a challenge in so and of he's itself. All this, he, he's he's probably got his own goals and his own exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, it's kind of like saying, "Why, you know, you've worked in the city for years, making millions of pounds. Why don't you go and manage that Lloyd's TSP on?" <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just think it's, it's almost unfair to criticise Pep Guardiola for his own success. He's been so successful, and I think he's earned that success. That I, why I would you criticise him also, for? I can see the, I can see the other side. Is that what most, what maybe they're making the point is that the, there's another side to football which has an element of heart to it, and they're saying that maybe Guardiola looks as if he's been taken in by the lights. And I heard some you people know, say he should have gone to Manchester United. People like he should have gone to Manchester United. He obviously has an affinity with that club. He should have gone there. That's a real challenge. To me, Manchester United looks like an incredibly poorly run club, especially in the last yeah, but three clearly years. clearly he doesn't have an affinity with that club if he's gone to Man City. There's no, no he's thinking, What's wrong with, even if he did have an affinity with Manchester United, he was like, I love Manchester United, I'd love to manage at Old Trafford. Looking at it objectively with your head, you'd go, hang on, Manchester United has, you know, they finished, what is it, uh, seventh, fourth and sixth this season. You're seeing how poorly run they are in terms of the signings they're making, in terms of the sort of haphazard nature of the club's being run. Why would you go there instead of Manchester City who are, who are making overtures to you? They're saying, come here, you know, we've got this, we've got that, we've got the, all the infrastructure that you need for sustained success. We've got the blank checkbook, essentially. I don't understand criticising Guardiola for making a decision that I think on paper and objectively sort of makes sense. Dave, give me your two cents. Come on. No, I definitely think, yeah, it's it's a clever move for Guardiola in a way. Yeah, he's not going outside of his comfort zone. He's going to a system that's been built for him. You know, we, we saw the, the two Barca lads, the Barca uh, directors go over to City and they've started to make City, turn City into that. So maybe it was a long-term plan. But I think with Guardiola, you know, going back to the original question, why is he regarded as probably the best manager in the world? It's because he he's probably the best coach in the world, as you'd say. Mm. You know, the work that he does on the training pitch, the philosophy that he has, the the impact that he's had on so many players in terms of improvement. Like, he 
he definitely is the best coach in world football. And I think that how you look at that is that people had to find solutions to his problem, not his problem. They had to find solutions to the way that he played. They had to defend deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And in a way that because of this style of play that he's brought on, this pressing, this harrying, the evolution of his tactics, the inverted fullback, the false nine, there's so much um, innovation there that I think that you've got to give him. He's definitely up there, the best coach in the world. And he, for me, probably still is, and Manchester City will win the Premier League. You know, I don't want to say how many times I've got to say this, they will do, just because Pep Guardiola takes a player to the next level. I think if Pep Guardiola went to Swansea, they'd do very well. <laughs> and it's that level of improvement that, that Guardiola will bring you, the understanding. You Any player that you, that you go back that's uh, been under Guardiola, it's nothing but praise about his training methods. Yeah, and he's obviously one of the most tactically versatile managers in the world and you mm. see all the incredible systems he comes up with Manchester at, at Bayern Munich you can see why he's, he, he draws such admiration I think as well Manchester City they haven't quite got the project right yet I mean they finished fourth mm. this season disappointing they've only actually won the league twice uh, most recently 2013-14 it's not exactly as if he's walking into a club who are walking the Premier League every single season they're walking Europe yes they've got all the pieces in place to potentially be able to do that. But obviously you look at their squad as well. Their squad is not a finished article. There's going to be a lot of rebuilding that needs to be done there this summer. Yes, they've got the money to do so. But I don't think it's it's not as easy as people are making it out to be. He's not just going to walk in and automatically everything's in place and he's going to win the league. There's still work to be done and he's going to have to bring in his own tactics, his own ideas, his own players in order to achieve what is expected. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see how he gets on. But... Great question from Ethan. Should we um, uh, should we just suck the um, the Euros off and just start the Premier League? Is that all right with everyone? I am very excited. No, Dave. I, that's, what, that's what someone oh. tweeted today. They said, bring on, uh, bring on the Premier League now. I was like, that's the whole point, Arsenal fans, is you get excited prematurely <laughs> and then you just <laughs> the cycle, off, the and Arsenal then you're like, oh, cycle. Shit, no, you don't deliver in the bedroom. It's a, just a complete mess. Wow, you got personal. Um, speaking wow. of the Euros there guys really took it there, didn't they? speaking yeah. of the Euros uh, we are going to be back on Wednesday uh, to do our Euros preview we're going to be going through all the groups and sort of giving our predictions and our expectations for the tournament very excited um, are you guys going out to any of the games day of ones dun 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 trying it but then there's a lot to do on the Football Republic so oh you know, there'll be a lot I'm to do on the Football Republic live streams every day essentially Jesus yeah, it's going to be going to be insane. I've managed to bag myself a ticket to Slovakia, England, somehow. Oh, nice! Uh, so I think I'll be heading out there for at least one day. Maybe Are a little. You kidding me? Maybe a little front-free vlog or something. I was going to say Ooh. just just the one, Adam. Just the the one. Just yeah. the one it's ticket. Only, only the just one the one ticket. Yeah, Adam. Yes. We're not just a one, are we? It's um, not the front one. To be fair, I was it was sloppy seconds. Someone came up to me and said, Oh, I've got a spare ticket for England Slovakia and I was like, you know, Who was I'll, it? I'll take Who that. Who was it, Adam? If Let's it was not one name of those names. football daily bastards. Let's I'm not name names. I promise it's not a football daily man. Um, okay. but guys, we'll be previewing Adam's going on with it to France for the woman. We will be previewing the Euros on Wednesday uh, during the podcast. We're also gonna have uh, He didn't deny uh, it. He didn't deny it. We're also going to have a video up about Jamie Vardy uh, going to Arsenal coming out on Monday. So keep your eyes out for how he tactically fits in uh, with Arsene Wenger's side. Until then, though, thank you very much for your questions. Uh, some great questions this week. Make sure you get them in for next week as well at the Front Free on Twitter, hashtag I am the whole. Make sure you go and check out the Front Free Reddit as well because we're trying to get people involved there. It's, you can have a bit more of a discussion. It's not 140 characters. You can leave longer questions and we'll sort of try and get involved there as well. Facebook as well, Davis set up. 
um, YouTube, we're going to be leaving the videos, as I said. So make sure you're uh, getting involved with all those different uh, sites, as it were. And make sure you're leaving your reviews as well on iTunes. Get in your reviews and your ratings on iTunes, on your podcast app. Search the front free, tap review, and you're away. And if, and if you just go to the website, you can you can go to all of them. Yeah. yeah. You can call us aids. You can call us whatever you want. Just leave us no, a review. Don't, what? No. Oh, God. Well, they, you know, we got that nonsense review last week. It was still five stars. Yeah, but, so. yeah, but Adam, if I went to a, if I went to a, uh, if this is my problem is if I went to a, a podcast and I saw this podcast is AIDS, it wouldn't make me want to download it. Not whether it had five stars uh, or one. If it had five stars, I'd be intrigued. I'd have to say, you still gave it five stars. But also, Adam, no one wants AIDS. Guys, for now though, until Wednesday, uh, Lawrence, where can the good people find more of your face and work? Uh, go to go to. Twitter. It's the only place I am right now. Uh, at Lostcast. L O Z C A S T. Dave. Dave. Dun 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 dun. What you want to do, right, is you want to get yourself tomorrow, at approximately nine thirty, and you want to be just on Dave Talks on YouTube, just refreshing, just constantly Shameless. refreshing, Shameless. until it blows up, and then you, you, the next eight minutes of your life, you're going to be taken on a journey. So <laughs> shame. Are going to be taking on a journey. Uh, guys, yeah, we've, can... we've seen the preview, guys. It look, it does look good. It's Dave's, quite Dave's taken what we've done, and he's you know he's done it well. <laughs> <laughs> guys, go and check out Dave Talks. That is my uh, that is my place to go to this week. Um, you can also go on the you, Football Anna? Republic. Just go to the Football yes. Republic on YouTube. Dave's there. Lawrence is there. Uh, I'm there. Yes. I'm going to be there all throughout the Euros as well, doing live streams. I've not been there for a little while though, have I, Adam? I know because you've been on bloody holiday, mate. Yeah, I know. And um, uh, where's Lawrence? You're going to be on every. Uh, you're going to be on pretty much every other day during the year. Yeah, I know. That's going to be insane. There's going to be enough lost cast uh, on there, so look, <laughs> look forward to that, guys. There's enough lost cast. On <laughs> Plenty there, of abuse yeah. going on your Twitter right, notes, um, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your questions. We'll see you on Wednesday. Until then, have a bloody good week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.